0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the This Is Where I'm At podcast. My name is Alfredo Carranza. This thing exists to talk about those things that uh, are too taboo or, you know, most people are either too sensitive about or get too worked up about with no dynamic control or, you know, responsible boundaries to it. It's here to be a neutral space and to uh, be a space for everyone. Everyone. And so I've been enjoying doing it, and I've uh, been very grateful that you guys have joined me while doing this. I've got a really awesome guest today. I'm joined by a dear friend of mine uh, that I met when I moved down to the Twin Cities, Uh, someone whom was a coworker and became an awesome friend in life, someone that took the responsibility of making sure I was getting to work for God knows how many years, Um, but definitely a good Good people all around um i introduce you guys now to my friend derek cubal or q ball as i've always called him derek say hi to the people
1: hello people it's nice to be here and uh yeah we did have to make sure Alfredo got to work <laughs> at target uh thank you to, to my wife for being willing to
0: drive us both to work and thank you too for feeling sorry for me and seeing that i had a plan to uh work and get married to elise and they were like oh he's never going to if he doesn't have a job Let's get them to work. <laughs> Make that money, boy. <laughs> so when did we meet? I was trying to think of the year coming into this because I
1: could not place the year. Uh, but it was after Rachel and I were already together. So it was after
0: 2005. I moved down here in 2007. And I feel like okay. I feel like I was in the Twin Cities for about a year, maybe close to a year before I met you guys. Because it was right before, was it right before or right after the Dark Knight came out?
1: it was right before
0: okay because i remember that i've got a very strange and and uh vivid memory with moving down here so i was working at target overnight i was working at the roseville one and i I used to work with this guy uh who every day of his life would do his hair and his beard to look like hugh jackman's wolverine oh i
1: remember telling.
0: I, i kid you not and this this guy was obsessed with mma and he was obsessed with weightlifting so I swear he was on steroids because he would just have these bursts of anger where he would just like break freight in the back room of this target. He would just throw the crates around if he'd get pissed off. And like, we'd just be like, oh, great. Like, Kane's at it again. And that was his name, too, which was weird. But I remember one night he came in just knocking stuff over, kicking stuff, pushing crates over. And we were like, oh, cool. Like, it's going to be this kind of a night. And we were like, all right, dude, like, what, what the hell's your problem? And he was like, I just found out that Heath Ledger got cast as the Joker.
1: I remember a, a lot of uproar. Obviously, it wasn't... Uh, I think I saw it in a magazine first. Yeah. To be honest with you. And and people... And even I thought, what, you know, what what are they doing? Because uh, he had... I think his most recent movie before that was Brokeback Mountain, yeah. wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Or at least that's what we all remember him. Because, I mean, Elise, Elise knew him from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yep. Which I think all the girls were like, ooh. You know? And all of us were like, this pretty boy... <laughs> And i
1: it's not to say I didn't think he was a good actor; he just didn't seem to fit uh what the joker should be right um but after I saw the movie um i obviously a lot of people think he was the best joker which,
0: oh, uh, i I definitely ate crow. I'll tell you that I was just like yep. oh yeah like i'm I was proven wrong here, and it wasn't to say that this was the first time it was announced because i f- I feel like that movie was probably in production you know and and you know it, it being made at the time, but so I don't know if like pictures were being released at that point. Cause I mean, it was like, it was the year it was going to come out, but I just remember he just came in and he was just throwing a fit about it. And we were just like, okay, great. Cause then I went from working overnight at that target. I, and then I quickly went to, I think it was the white bear Lake target for just a few months. And that's when it came out. Cause I went with a coworker from that target. We went to see the dark Knight, and completely blown away by it i mean the that opening scene with the bank robbery just sets. it was amazing it was amazing and i just remember like i was like whoa man like this is the kind of batman we have now you know and i think it was like that summer was the dark knight and then it was iron man so it's like we had like the explosion of like comic book movies are now serious and they're being taken serious you know and so i remember from there i had to move from white bear lake over into Brooklyn center where I was going to live at with some roommates. And it was a, it was a way better living situation for me. Not that where I was at was a bad thing. Um, but it was just, I was living with a married couple and it was better to let them, you know, be married, be married and then move in with a bunch of single guys, you know, that were in the same position in life. (laughs) And from there, yes. So I transferred to that target. And then I remember I was biking, every morning so the the freight crew was what it was 4 a.m
1: uh 4 a.m yeah
0: so i was getting up at 3 a.m and then biking from where i was living at all the way over to that target and i think we we had met in the back room they were like oh yeah you got to meet derek derek's cool and i was just like is he really no (laughs) who's
1: this (laughs) whitey?"
0: and and so yeah and i remember um once you and i met we started talking i think briefly music and then i don't know if we were talking about watching The Dark Knight like what were your thoughts what were my thoughts but then you asked me something that I think changed the the trajectory of my nerd life forever where you were like did you actually read The Dark Knight by uh, I'm trying to think of um, oh you're talking about the the, the graphic novel yeah, yeah. by yeah. Um, Frank Miller Frank Miller and I was like no and you were like yeah you gotta get on that and I remember I read it in segments and I was just like oh this is good and, you know, obviously the movie was its own thing, but I feel like it really honored a lot of that. It had pieces, yep. yep. Yeah, because the biggest thing I remember from the graphic novel was the news segments. And then didn't they interview the Joker, too, like in the um, on the news or something like that, in, in that story? That I can't remember. Okay, but that's what I remember. I just remember, like, there's a lot of either camcorder shots in the movie or something like that where yeah. I was like, oh, that was like, I feel like that's a lot of what the the graphic novel was like. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, so the reason we're laying the nerd stuff out on the table now is just now you know um, what you're dealing with. You're dealing with with uh, two guys that absolutely love the stuff that they love, and uh, we built a, a friendship ab- a- around all of this. Um, and and it, it led
1: to discussing other things like political and religious, which we won't get into now. But oh, yeah. We have different views on that, but we're able to be friends and, and discuss about it uh, civilly, kind of like what your show is about anyway. Being able to bring different uh, different cultures, different thoughts, and uh, you know, not being able to argue or fight about it, but to have uh, real life discussions, and that's what we did in that back room. We were able to talk about your your faith and all that, and my non faith, and and we didn't uh, it didn't make us argue. It just we just discussed it, and we're civil and
0: At, l- at least you and die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah I feel very like true. With, with very other true. people, they would get really really upset. Like I can't believe I can't convince them to believe what I believe in okay. (laughs) Um, but if you don't mind me bringing, bringing your marriage into this a little bit, and, and, you know, not that I want to start putting personal details out there, but when I had met you and, and you guys offered to start giving me rides, it was like, you guys were like, you're biking, you're biking here this early every day. And I was like, well, yeah, like, I don't, I don't got a car, you know, I don't got a driver's license. And, and it was like, you guys made an instant, like, no, like, We'll just come and get you. And I was like, What? can I pay you? No. And that was the big the first big thing where I was just like, Oh, this is this is too good to be true. Like nice people in a big city. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. I know, right?
1: <laughs> um That but, was uh, that was more Rachel though. She was the one that kinda came up with it. I, I didn't even think about it. I was like, Well he's biking, you know, I've done it too and and uh she was like, Yeah, we I mean we can just swing by and get him and,
0: and just the difference between guys like you and me, right? Where we're just like, Ah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And you know, luckily we married very kind, you know Uh, very loving and dear women that are like, no, like, let's help them out. I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah, you're right. We should. Um, One of the great things uh, that I feel led to our friendship being this vast and deep and, and, and this long is that you were like, so, Hey, what are your goals? Like, you know, why'd you move down here and, and why are you working at target? And I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to get my life together and wasted a lot of my teenage years Partying and doing drugs, and I dropped out, and I moved down here, and I had just gotten my GD. I think that same summer that I met you, and it was just like, hey, so you know, the next thing is, you know, I I'll want to get my license and buy a car, and eventually propose to you know this guy who had just become my girlfriend, and we want to get married. And I think you did the very logical guy thing of like, well, how long have you guys known each other? And we, you know, I was like, I don't know, like two years, and you were just like, and you want to get married? And I think I, I, and it wasn't, it was unintentional. I, I swear I wasn't trying to like bring this out of the two of you, but I feel like by us having that discussion, uh, driving to work, I feel like it brought up you and Rachel and well, you know, what, what are we doing? And and I'm not saying it was because of me that you guys got married, but like, I remember you were like, ah, I'll never get married. And she was like, bullshit. <laughs> She was like, I want to get married. And you'd be like, well, good luck with that, you know? And I'll be like, I remember I cracked a joke one time and I was like, you guys will get married. And you were like, no, we won't. And yep, I was so dead you set were, against it. You yep. were dead set against it. And so, I mean, like, you don't have to talk about that, but like, how was it, you know, that you guys had known each other for that long, you dated that long, and you were just so at peace with the, hey, well, we're together and it's going good. And, you know, why ruin a good thing or why complicate it like because I feel like that's going to lead into our topic and our discussion of what we're going to get into today.
1: Yeah, so she had always, um, she she was against not getting married for the longest time. And then I think what really, no, I know what really put me into that, oh man, okay. Uh, I overheard her because we were out. I want to say she was talking to Sarah, Matt and Sarah. And I just overheard her. Um, in the other room say that she was she was fine you know not getting married she had kind of come to peace with it she realized that it wasn't it wasn't needed we we were basically married I mean we lived together we we did all the things married couples do the whole you know the cliche thing you know it's just a piece of paper kind of thing Yeah. and when I heard her say that something clicked in me that was like oh you know she loves me for me it's not like this uh this pathway to get married or or something along those lines which is kind of a weird way of thinking but I might as well bring up that my growing up wasn't great so I saw my my mom was married before she married my dad that wasn't a great relationship and that that leads into to what kind of we're talking about today um and then they got divorced and uh then she got married again and then they got divorced and my dad was married multiple times and it's just like I didn't want that for me. I didn't have a great view of what marriage was, a real marriage like well, not that theirs wasn't real, but a working marriage. I didn't have a view of that, so that's where my dead set was like, I don't want that. I'm not getting married. it doesn't seem like it's worth anything for me. seems like a lot more trouble than it's than it's worth. But when I heard her say that, and she was at peace with not being married, and this was this was shortly before I actually proposed to her. So we were coming up on 6 years being together and uh she was at peace with it and that's what clicked in me. And was like, "Oh man. You know what? I want to get married." Yeah, I want to I want to have this woman in my life forever. And uh and I've always I that's one thing I will be adamant about. If we were not to be um forever, if we were to get divorced, I will not get married again because it was such a, a change in me to do this. I kind of want to honor that. Yeah. That she was the one that kind of changed me for that. So, um, but yeah, it was that moment that I was like, oh, okay. You know, oh, this man, is what you, I want.
0: You, t- you turned it into such a serious thing. As, as soon as you said, you know, hey, you know, like it clicked in me, I was going to say, reverse psychology, ladies and gentlemen, it works. <laughs> Go try it out. End of the lesson. Have a good day. Um, But yeah, no. Um, So I get that. I get the whole like. It was such a 180 inside of you that it's like I don't know if I could go back or you know if I could reverse that that'd be a really hard thing very cool man so so I was almost you and I are kind of a yin, yin and yang in our our both our views and and who we are as people because you know the way I grew up my mom and dad weren't married and they were together very briefly it's like so it's like they had my sister and I and then you know split up and then my mom got with the guy that practically was going to be my stepdad my entire you know life as a kid and into a teenager and then they they never got married but then they split up and so like i would witness my mom like yearning like to be claimed as a wife to be treated as a wife to be married because you know it's like she grew up kind of i um, mean i'm sure you know dealing with the shame of it and dealing with, you know, how people perceived us as a family in a small town and, you know, well, she's married to that guy and has got kids with him, but she's got two other kids from, well, you know, like, you know, and and we know how people are, right? Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, like also, you know, seeing my dad kind of, you know, be in his tidbits and, and, and relationships and, you know, his little episodes with women he'd get into and everything like that, that like, I think I just grew up and it wasn't even like a, like a morality or like a religious thing of like, oh, I think I want to grow up and be a good person and and be married someday. I just knew instantly, I was like, okay, I know what type of person I don't want to marry and I know that I want to be, you know, what I want to be married to and that I want to be married because it was the opposite of what I'd seen my parents do. And that's honestly kind of why. Like, I remember um, my dad, right before I got married to Elise, I flew out to Cali to invite him, which he didn't come. But I remember he, he... he just very, like, bluntly asked, like, why a white girl? And I was just oh, like, man. you mean, why, like, why an American woman? Because I had to, like, I had to break these things down for him. And it's not like he was being naive and and inconsiderate. It's just, to him, it was like, why didn't you wind up with a Mexican or a Hispanic gal? And I was just like, well, I've got two answers for that, Dad. A, they're crazy, or I saw... Every- <laughs> And I don't mean that. Hi, Papi. <laughs> no, it's more like they'll beat the crap out of you, kind of thing. That kind of crazy. Okay. Um, but it's not like I'd ever give them a reason to. But anyways, that was my joke. Is like that's just how I was breaking down walls with my dad. Is okay. Hey, I could give you two answers for that. It's because this, or because I watch what you did and what mom did, and I just want to do the opposite. You know. And I, he he kind of like he laughed at that kind because of, it was it was. Like I said, it was a joke that I was making, but it was just a matter of like, hey, I'm I'm gonna I'm going out to left field here, like I'm gonna try something different, you know. And I remember, my dad followed that up, um, our heartfelt bonding father-son moments, which we've ha- we have very few of them, but he followed that discussion up with, make sure you leave the uh, a back door open in case this doesn't work out. Oh, you have man. another girl to go to. And I remember going like, no, like. <laughs>
1: When you go into a marriage with that thinking it's that's a, it's, that's a fast track to uh to being divorced.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like I was just like that's instant like why get married if you're not investing you know, it doesn't have to be like faith or you know, but it's just like this this dare per se. Like I'm just putting it in I think how he saw things. He's a different person now, but he was probably like, Yo dude, that's a big bet to take. Like that's a big gamble. I would probably, you know, pull the reins back and maybe not put all of my money on that horse you know and maybe you know right and so like you know he grew up in a different time so i get that he he thought like here's this tit of you know of wisdom that i'm gonna give to you and i was just like hey thanks but yeah no thanks like like you said if you go into marriage with that mentality it's already doomed i think you know
1: and it's a testament to to my wife um how i thought it would be a struggle to be married because of seeing what i saw yeah and it really hasn't been... I, I'm not going to say it's been perfect and we don't argue and that kind of thing, because everybody does. Right, right, right. But it just it, it hasn't been as hard as, as some people seem to have it, I guess. Yeah. And maybe I just have the right person, probably. Because um, we mesh well together, and she's calmed me down in ways, and I help her in ways, and we're, we're very uh, simp- uh, simpatico in that way. Yeah. So I guess... My fear of it being a struggle really didn't come about, but it's probably because I found the right person for me.
0: So let's let's um let's start navigating towards the subject at hand. So you guys got married. Mm-hmm. You got some chump, nobody moron to marry you, and God, uh, he was horrible, horrible. You and Rachel, and um, his name was Alfredo. He wrote this long spiel. I bet you he was like trying to like be religious but not be religious at the same time i
1: could tell i I could see that he was trying to you know trying to put his little flavor in there but not too
0: much Uh, yeah that bastard
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it was in a church
0: that was not a
1: working church
0: that must have been a a historical church crazy uh wedding to have a a christian hating pagan as yourself (laughs) i'm joking
1: I mean, I did feel a little a little itchy. I was feeling a little hot under the collar when I entered through the, the threshold of that feet, church feet and were, seeing the crosses and the
0: little, feet were burning <laughs> a little bit. And um, So yeah, so when we first met, there was kind of this joke between myself and you and Rachel of like, not only are you going to get married, I'll be the one that marries you. And I, and I
1: said bullshit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, for people that don't know me, I, I like... I, not that I like to swear, but I, I'm a swearer, so i' I'll, I'll probably put it out here and there. but uh,
0: no I, no no one no one no one Sears no uh, is gonna judge it, and I'll put the I'll put the explicit e on the cover of a, of this episode. so you know people know, and if they don't like it, well, you know
1: you don't f- like it that's right. find
0: another podcast to listen to um <laughs> uh, but, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you you immediately were like, yeah I'm, I'm gonna marry you, and I, I thought it was silly that you even said that because it's just like for for me it it wasn't set in my mind that you could actually even do that really. Yeah. I never never thought about it that way. But
0: Well, I mean, and the thing was too is that the in my mind, I wanna say the short time I was involved in ministry, but like Elise and I were involved in ministry for like five or six I mean, depending on depending on how much of it you want to cash in, seven years. I mean, for someone like you that doesn't go to church um, being involved in, you know, a small group in a church or being in leadership and stuff like that. I feel like I'd say seven in total, but for the, the hard grind of it all, it was probably, I want to say five years we were involved in ministry. Um, I just, I became the religious preacher person in your life. Not that I was trying to convert you. I mean, yeah, you didn't preach and stuff,
1: but yeah, you were, you were the, the religious consistent, I guess.
0: And I think that's kind of why my joke was like, well, fine. Like you want to be cynical about it? Like, I'm going to be the one that's going to marry you one day. <laughs> like you said, you Hell could, no. You called it you're like, no, it's not. And then, you know, I, and I ain't getting married and, and you're think, not doing it. I think when I said that joke, I mean, I remember it was you guys had the, the blue Dodge Avenger. Yep. Yep. And we were driving. I mean, I just remember it like it was yesterday. We were driving to Target at 3.30ish in the morning. And we were, you know, when I finally said that joke, I remember, like, you were, like, you were so dead set. i like, hell no. But I remember Rachel was, like, laughing. She was just like, ha, you know? And, like, I don't know. It's it, Like, it's funny how she didn't disagree.
1: But, you know. She was still uh, still dealing with, uh, you know, me not wanting to get married at that point. So and, she hadn't come to that point of uh, accepting it.
0: And lo behold, as they say,
1: you... You you changed me, man.
0: Uh, that's, no, she that, she changed me. So no, and that's good. And that I was there to just make sure you were gonna, like, you better honor that, dude. You got a good girl. Like, <laughs> oh no, you weren't part
1: of that picture. Never mind. We there was a picture there where they had uh, Chris, one of my groomsmen. And then Matt and Chris was holding on to Matt. Matt was holding on to me. And we did the picture where I'm trying to get away kind of thing. You know, the, the funny wedding picture.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, we, we did take a funny one with uh, the three of us, with, with Rachel and you and, and me, where it was like, I was kind of like either holding a Bible and pointing at my wedding ring. But I was oh, doing yeah. the like, y'all got to get married. And you guys were like doing like the fight, like, shut up, dude. Like, <laughs> I was like, no. Yeah. And that's what you were doing. You were doing like, ah. <laughs> that was a wonderful wedding, though, man. Thank and you. and uh, I am very grateful to have been a part of it. Sorry, my, my MacBook just dinged something, but I don't care about what it was. But so, yeah, so eventually you guys got married. Uh, remind me, because I'm a burnt out ex-druggie that my brain doesn't work the same anymore. When was your wedding? October 3rd of 2015. 2015. So you guys had already been together. Multi- I mean. Uh, it was 10 years. 10 almost, years. Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. A couple months years. shy. And then you got married in 2015. And so let's now, let's land this grand introduction for Derek. And then Derek, tell me what's on your mind and what you brought to the table for us, man.
1: Well, today we're going to talk about embracing fatherhood. That was another thing I was dead set on, not being at all. I didn't want to be a parent. I didn't want to have kids. Once again, kind of going back to what I grew up as, uh, dealing with uh, alcohol and drugs and uh, uh, abuse. It wasn't something that I wanted to, to kind of further on. I didn't want to perpetuate that cycle, as they say. And it felt like that would be something that would probably happen. Um, so yeah, I was dead set against having kids. But like marriage, uh, I found the right person. She and others convinced me that I wasn't that same person. I was definitely different than, than my parents. And uh, I had different goals and different mindsets. And that I would be a good parent. And it took a while, took a couple of years or so, but uh, eventually uh, we started trying. And it wasn't long after we started trying that uh, she was like, we were going to head out and uh, go have some drinks with uh, some co workers, like Elvis and, and Nikki and them. And the old Target crew. The Target uh, crew. I and, I then, love, and then they I were working em. at um,
0: Medtronic? Medtronic, yeah.
1: Yep, where Rachel was working as well. Uh, and she was like you know what something feels different um she took a test and and found out that oh crap we're going to have a kid and uh to say i was i was worried is a, is an understatement cuz yeah. i was even though i was obviously for it happening um all that fear kind of came back and and was like man am i am i going to be a, a bad parent am i going to be a bad dad and uh, so it wasn't it wasn't the happiest of times for me. I was happy, but I had that underlying—I shouldn't say underlying. It was pretty much even, <laughs> even lying fear yeah. of uh, oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do this now. So
0: crazy. Um, that night, did you guys still go out? We did, and no one, no one even noticed that she wasn't. She drinking. wasn't drinking. Yeah. I was gonna ask. I was like, is—is is that the best way to? Is that the way you tell everyone? Or, you know, like, nope. you guys had that wisdom of, like, we're not going to tell anyone, we're going to wait, we're going to wait. We're gonna yeah, because we,
1: I mean, she just took the pregnancy test. And she uh, she didn't believe it, so she bought others. <laughs> and then we did those, and she called um, Sarah. And uh, Sarah was working at, still works at Medtronic, but she was working at Medtronic. She was coming home, and so she swung by. <laughs> and Rachel's like, do you see this? <laughs> it, it, does this, is this mean we're pregnant? And, and Sarah's like,
0: yeah, it' <laughs> Like what's wrong yeah, with you? It says positive. Can you not read?
1: <laughs> so yep. So Sarah was like the first to know outside of uh, of that and and all that, and then we told her mom and stuff, and then we waited to tell everybody else gotcha. till, till my birthday. We had a big birthday party, so it was a little early because of the, uh, you know, you're supposed to wait three months typically just in case something happens. But
0: and I, I can I can tell you this, not that I I want to turn the tables and make it about me, but we did the thing where it was like right after three you know where at right after those uh first handful of weeks we started telling people and that was the one we wound up losing so it's just like it's not that like you you learn in a hard way but yeah that's why people pass on that wisdom of like hey no like wait wait a few months you know like start showing and then tell people you know yeah. cuz you just you you don't know and that's uh unfortunately an uncertainty that um that you I, I wouldn't wish that on my enemies. I'll tell you that. But um, yeah, so um, I remember when you texted me that she was pregnant because I think I just did one of those like, like, ha hey, ha, hey, like, little Nelson, like, like you know, like remember when you told me you didn't want to get married? Now you're gonna be a dad. And I married you, and now you're gonna be a dad. So, and good thing, sucker. good thing I was the one that uh, that did your your child circumcision. No, I'm joking.
1: The the old Jewish way with the teeth.
0: Oh, was just in my mind, I was like, "Oh, that would be such a great joke." But then, as I was saying it, I was like, "You better word this one carefully, dude." <laughs> um, yeah. So I remember when you te- you, te- you texted, and I yep. think then then we had a phone call either like a day or two because I'm like, "He's probably probably telling everybody." But yeah, you you did that for your birthday. So I remember I was just like, "Oh, and happy birthday!"
1: <laughs> yeah, we we kind of decided to do it for the birthday. That kind of hits our first segment there anyway but um just because everybody was kind of there together and we were like should we do it then and it's it's early but the doctor was like everything's looking great and progressing and we don't see any issues and so we decided to, to do it and luckily we didn't have uh the uh, experience that you guys had with yours so.
0: yeah well man but yeah so let's see what you got here man um you laid everything out wonderfully by the way uh usually when i invite a friend to have a a a subject at hand um they come with everyone comes with notes i never tell anyone like hey and write up a write up a good script and every single guest that i've had has always come up with a great subject and i feel like once you sent me this one i was like let's go dude so take it away man
1: well let's talk about you like uh so obviously we're you know it says here to talk about the moment when you and your partner decided to start a family, and the moment you found out about the pregnancy. Now, obviously, you told us about the the one that you lost. Mm-hmm. What about uh, what about Leia and then Draven?
0: Oh man! So
1: we did previously talk a little bit about Draven, but obviously, yeah. so Leia's first. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for you, when for, you found out, how'd you feel?
0: I, w- I, f- I, w- I was happy because it felt so right, at least um, timing-wise. We. We had been married a handful of years, and we had focused so much on helping the church that we were a part of and, and the being youth leaders there and a part of the worship team. We, nev- we never really considered, like, let's go buy a house and fill it with kids. Now, we were told to. And I think being the r- rebellious rocker that I am, I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't, because when we tried we we had lost one and then when we were trying when when we were going to try again with leia um we were living with a friend we were splitting that red house um, oh yeah deal yep. drive um and we we had, we knew it was the right time to to move out and go buy a house we, so we'd been saving up um we kind of refocused our attention from healing from uh, the miscarriage and everything like that. We got the green light to start trying again. and But we also knew, like, hey, like we've been putting some money away. Let's go find a house. And so it was really cool because it's like... I came back from working at this camp up by Two Harbors, um, up by Duluth, Minnesota, for the listeners that aren't... I,
1: I remember you going to that camp. Yeah. yeah,
0: for the listeners that are from out of state or from other countries. And, and thank you all for tuning in because I, I see you guys. Um, so I, I came back to the Twin Cities and... We told our roommate, like, hey, we're probably gonna, you know, move out soon and, you know, like we're gonna start looking for houses. And so, you know, just a heads up. He had, he had just gotten married as well. So it was kind of cool because, like, his wife had just been moving in to this house that the three of us were sharing. And it was such a big, I mean, it was, it was a big house for three people, but four was a crowd. So it was like, Elise and I were like, no, like, not once were they like, hey, so, uh, y'all thinking about moving now yet like there was none of that it Whoa, was heads. if any yeah if, if anything it was elise and i going like hey like let's let them you know like it, this is their time now and so we started um we started trying and she got pregnant same thing took a couple of tests to make sure and then now we were like okay hey now we keep the bun in the oven and mom's the word governor you know and we just we just chill out we pray we relax and and we enjoy this moment as you know we wait those first few months before we tell anyone and we started looking for houses that's actually all we focused on it was like okay cool she's pregnant she started doing her her visits you know to the doctor but it was like while we were praying about that and while we were you know putting all the best thoughts and ener- energy and prayer and and wishes into that we were like okay hey let's let's go find a nest you know and so that's why when you ask how was it with our with our first one and, and we'll just say that cuz it was you know actual pregnancy that stuck Um, It just felt right. We were very excited, very happy. Um, And it was just like I said, it was more exciting. I had started working at Minnesota Teen Challenge. We settled on this house that we're recording at right now. Um, And yeah, it was just a great experience. It was like that typical thing of like a married couple, you know, with a pregnant woman. You know, just like walking through empty houses going like, hey, could we see our, you know, our kids in here, you know, and can mm. we see ourselves in a few years here? So all of those kind of stereotypical, uh, you know, insurance commercial, you know, moments <laughs> um, we went through, you know, and it, like I said, it just all of it felt right. None of it felt like we were pressured. It was, you know, none of it felt like we were being pushed. It was just like whatever we choose to do, it's, it, you know, we're just doing it nice and slow and at our own pace and so we settled on this house because we we when we first got married we had an apartment not too far from here so it was like we always liked this area and so coming back to this area it was almost like the circle of life you know like you know The the circle yeah man sing it circle of life um it was almost like the like the national geographic like the life of the salmon you know the salmon leaves its nest and swims you know all over the, you know, wherever it goes. And it comes back home, you know, to mate and... To spawn. To spawn and get eaten by a grizzly bear by being torn apart. Um So, yeah, this is where I was like, if a grizzly bear is going to tear me up, man, it's right here. <laughs> and so we bought this house. Man, my wife should be here because she... I always say one thing when it comes to times, appointments, dates, and years. I'll always say one thing in my mind like, oh, that was it. And my wife will be like, no, that was not it. And so... um. We closed on it Halloween 2013, oh God, either thirteen or fourteen. So I want to say thirteen. It was a good day because we were like, oh, could you imagine if we were here like to give out candy, you know, on this day? Yep. And so um, everything felt right, man. And just so I make sure that I don't um, overstep how much I, you know, about my first kid, because I don't know if you got another question, but um, everything about that was so awesome because she got pregnant with Leia, and then we were, you know, my in-laws helped us kind of catch this house up more, modernize it. We knocked out a bunch of shelves. We did a bunch of work. Um, we just, we got it baby ready as we said. And then um, I became a stay at home dad after that. And so that really um, peeled away a lot of the calluses in my heart of issues with my dad, um, a lot of doubts and worries and things like that. Like I had to, dive into them like head first and really work at like tearing them down and reconstructing like what was eventually going to be my dad life and the kind of dad I was anticipating to be and, and set some good goals up and um, conquering a lot of fears firsthand because it was like Elise was at home with her. um, I want to say for like the first few months and then she went to work full time and then I stayed at home. And so, yeah, I mean, all those things, you know, it's just like, making sure the bottle was warm enough and not too hot, you know? And, you know, it's like your mom teaches you, you know, put some of it, you know, on your wrist. And if it's too hot for your, you know, your skin, it's too hot for the baby. And, you know, it's just like, I, I, you know, I, I was a, a dad to a girl. So it was just like, my mom was like, Hey, you know, like when cleaning her up, there's a, you know, a certain direction you wipe. And like just all these things that like, if anyone listening to this, like finds that silly, like find it silly, but like, these are things you, like, these are, like, little life hacks and, and, like, experiences that you have no idea how much they build up and, like, they just change you, you know, from from feeding a baby to cleaning it to bathing it, all these things. I mean, and I would remember, like, like swaddling her. And, like, Leia never liked to be swaddled, but, like, putting her in her crib, you know, and then Elise would get home from work, and it was just, like, you know, I think she was, like, any excited parent it's like oh where's the baby you know she's just you know like things like that and yeah i mean so it was it was um it was a it was a phenomenal experience not that i'm trying to sell anyone on becoming a parent because there's some people out there that are set on not and cool but like i'm just letting you know like it felt like for our first experience like i felt i felt like it was really like i don't know i want to say the word blessed but like it was really you can say blessed yeah cool cool um it just it everything fell in the right place the best way to say it now were did, did I encounter some critique on you know you should be the one working things like all of that there and I, I know that when you sent me the outline for this like that's there so we can we can cross that bridge when we get to it yep. but like I feel like a lot of the a damage and B um uh mis- I was going to say misconsumption. I was like, that's not, that's not, I'm not consuming anything. Um, Hopefully not. uh, You're taking care of a baby. (laughs) Um, A lot of the things that that were like in my mind set up to, to like, or a lot of the views I had, that's a better way of putting it of like, oh man, that's what parenting is going to be like. I'm glad that everything happened the way it did because I feel like a lot of those things got torn down and I was just like, dude, like this is. This is actually like I enjoy this, and this feels right, and I feel like I am at the right point in life and age, you know, to to do this. Now, this could happen. I'm not gonna say at any age, because if there's a high schooler out there going, I could be a parent now, I'm gonna be like, hold up, wait. That's
1: <laughs> well, not to say they couldn't be. They couldn't, yeah, exactly. It, it depends on the person. Yeah, yeah. That's but more than likely, you're not mature enough to do that. But you know, if you get in that situation, you do see parents or like kids, I guess becoming parents that really step up to that level oh yeah but the majority of them are just not ready for it
0: and i feel like the ones that i've seen did step up you know and so like i said to me you know leaving my 20s into my 30s becoming a parent like felt like the, the right thing you know i didn't feel too old and i didn't feel too young um and honestly like the biggest thing too is that we, we realized that this is with our first one. it's not that things got worse with our second one. but like to conclude, how was it with Leia? Life, life keeps going. like life goes on because we helped another group of friends start a church and we were a part of that worship team and we took some time off while Leia was born, but it's like we just found like you still do all the things you want to do. And I mean when I say want to do, I want to play guitar you know elise wants to sing we want to be we want to praise and worship so it was just like what you do is you set you get ready the night before you set up all your crap by the front door and then you get up in the morning baby comes first get baby ready get baby in the car and then you get your other crap that's second and that's honestly i mean as much as i love guitar and and all that that's what it was i'm like i don't care about that crap it comes second i'm excited about this like my baby's covered up get her in the car seat make sure the car seat's secure in there the car is nice and warmed up already you know and yep. everything like that and then all right now let's throw this crap in the back and i don't care what happens to it
1: <laughs> definitely I can, I can relate to that excitedness because um i was home a lot and we can talk about this later more in depth too uh but i was home because i worked overnights so rachel would go to work i'd be at home with with grayson and i would take him out to places just to get him kind of used to noise and stuff so i'd take him to the mall of america We'd go walking around and all that and, and just have fun and let him see different things at parks and and all that. And uh, it was just, it was really fun and exciting to like get him in the car, get him out and then see him excited in a little stroller and looking around and people kind of looking at you and smiling at you because you're with a with a, a kid because a lot of dads don't do that. Or they do it more now, but um, yeah, they just didn't really, didn't really see that as much. Oh,
0: dad's out with his kid and stuff and having fun and yeah so yeah that excitedness
1: was definitely there for
0: for that stuff for sure yeah i remember um during the time i had become a dad uh the the president of uh the the class i was supposed to graduate from so obviously the high school i went to um i dropped out but it's like i still stayed in contact with a lot of those people like i had the class president reach out to me and be like hey we're having our 10-year reunion you should come and there was a part of me that's like i was like why (laughs) and they're like dude because you know like you made it, you know, like you made it in life and, you know, we're all still here and it'd be great to just see everyone in in, in adult form. And I remember I was like, yeah, sure. And so I actually, I, I had one of those moments like that with Leia too, that I packed her up, Elise was working, I packed, I packed my kid up, we listened to uh, all of the soundtrack for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> and I remember just like Leia in the back, like holding her feet in her onesie, just like, you know, just... And I could see her through my big, you know, aftermarket mirror that you put in, you know, your, you know, your rearview mirror because, you know, you're a parent now and you need all those little things like that. And I remember I dropped her off with her grandparents because Elisa's parents live in Fergus Falls and Pelican Rapids is uh, about a half hour north of that. And I remember like meeting up with everyone from my graduating class and, and that was a wonderful experience too. But like that was the thing I had to boast and brag about. Was Everyone's like, what are you up to? And I'm just like, you know, like my old iPhone back then, you know, I was just like, look at these 3000 photos of my baby. Who's not even a year and a half old right now, you know, like, and yeah. And so, like I said, to me, like, I felt like it was just the it was the perfect time for it. And, and I remember I, I ran into some old friends and schoolmates that like, weren't parents yet that were just like, I think they did the thing where they were like, oh man, if Alfredo can be a dad. And be happy about it. Like I'd be really great at it. Like if this guy, if, can if be this dead. loser,
1: <laughs> he got married to a woman,
0: and he's a dad. He he's got an an illustrious career at an IT company, and <laughs> owns a house and has paid off a truck. Like what this? <laughs> but I really do think some of them went through. Like I could see that. Like as I was like showing them pictures of my kid, they were just like, "Man, if he could do it, I could do it." Because then I feel like a lot of People that were my age, I feel like that's when a lot of them like bloomed into like you know, becoming parents. And I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but like I said, I just felt like the right time. I felt like Elise and I were never the kind of people that were, we were like, we want to travel, you know, we want to do all these things before we settle down. Like, if I'm being real with you, it just felt like we couldn't. Like, we, like, there was so much expected of us for the church that we were a part of that we were just like, we had no time for that. What do you mean go buy a house and have kids? Like, you're telling me to do that, but you're telling me to be here six nights out of the week get out of here dude you know but
1: so so leia was easy for you
0: Le- well leia was easy as far as as the
1: announcement the expectation that kind of leading into to her being her for being born
0: yeah but it's it, i say that to also say that draven wasn't a problem um with any of that as well i know that some of your notes too uh talks about like going through the pregnancy and everything like that i feel like You know, with Leia, we were scared, but we had high hopes, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and all of it paid off well. Um, And it just felt like with Draven, it was just like Elise was such a trooper. She was so tough that she was like, I got this, you know, and it was just a matter of like, you know, still make yourself available, Alfredo, and still be there at the drop of a hat if she needs anything. But like it was also like I could take a step back because she's such a tough and independent woman that like I also didn't want to like take any of that away from her either. Right.
1: I know we talked earlier briefly though but uh like Leia you didn't have any reservations about because it was a girl but with Draven oh yeah yeah that <laughs> came back and that's kind of what this is about is like that finding out he's a boy
0: oh yeah and no, and, and and thanks for bringing that up cuz um I would have forgotten to get into that with Leia it was like it was that whole you know and I know you can't attest to this because <laughs> you, you're you're the father of a of a of a boy, but just one just one child. <laughs> I'm too old to have another. Um, that's not true, dude. M- oh M- no, M- I- Mick, ya- Mick Yeager's still getting young models pregnant. Derek, you? No, I'm joking. <laughs> he al-
1: he also has that uh, that Mick Yeager money. Yeah, that's true to help take care of those children.
0: <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Um, with Leah, it was the typical like you know, daughter has the dad wrapped around the finger thing, but. Like I said, it's everything that I needed. I went my entire young adult life, you know, trying to be more tough than I was. You know, when you're a punk, when you're the goth kid, when you're the metalhead, it's like everyone walks around just with this, like, smug, like, uh, Robert De Niro kind of, you know, like, look on their face. Like, you know, don't you even try it there, buddy. And you're a Slipknot fan. You know what I'm talking about, right? You know, <laughs> oh, you guys think you're tougher than you. I'm joking. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying like it was um it was it was the right thing for me to to have all the the pink, you know, and all the the girly things that came with um having a daughter. That it was it was the right thing for me because it was it was time to shed that skin of, you know, you've got no one to impress now. You no longer live for yourself, Alfredo. You are here for this child. So to me, you know, putting on a fun dress for her you know, when Elise was at work, but we were going somewhere, you know, making her look pretty, combing her hair, you know, things like that. All that to me, like, I needed that. Like, I really needed that. And it saved me if, if we're going to just make this a really preachy thing. Um, but once we knew we were going to have, you know, try for another one and we found out it was a boy, like, yeah, we were excited. But there's a part of me that's also like, I had not had one right relationship with the father figures that I had in my life. And, you know, and this is something that I feel you you had in your um, your synopsis as well. But parenting with what it was and what was expected of, you know, being a parent versus the tools and everything you and I now have. Yeah. Know, when of, we grew up. What, yeah. What parenting was viewed what as par- yeah. what parenting was viewed as viewed as versus like how you and I are parenting now. Um, it's such a different thing. And so like there was a part of me that like I was learning that then with our second one. And Elise and I did this really cool thing too where when we got pregnant with uh with Draven we went on a heavy metal cruise no, no that was actually what I was going to say we did we actually went into marital counseling and and what was great is that we weren't going into marital counseling because it was bad people always see you know counseling as oh you're getting consult cons you know consultation because something's bad or you have a problem and you need it fixed
1: we were just like I'm one of those people that yeah. uh, not not fully, but early on, I was like, you know, I don't want to do counseling because that's just it means I have problems, and, yeah. and I don't want to share those problems with somebody who doesn't know me. Kind yeah, of thing,
0: oh for sure, for sure, I, and I, and I get that. I'm better now though. But what we did is we went into marital counseling, um, just because we were like, hey, you know, like we we've had a, you know, a year and a half, two years of being parents and loving it, but we also had to learn so much more about ourselves and each other because it's like we we were no longer just husband and wife you know she was no longer my my friend who became my wife it was like that is the mother of my child and i'm her husband but i'm also like i am a parent here i'm co-parenting with this person and so when we were breaking this down to the guy that was gonna do our marriage counseling like he was like hey i love it he was like that's great and he he said i wish more people did that because he was just like you're just getting an oil change for the machine, you know. There's no there's nothing wrong with it, you know. But there's no check engine light. But you guys are just, you know, we're stepping into having a fam- a, a bigger family now, and and you know we just want to make sure we go into it, you know, not carrying anything bad. And and if there's any any residual um, old oil in the machine, that we get it all out before you know we fill it fill her up again. And so, um, one of the biggest big things I worked on was just. Um, Let's be our own parents. You know, like we had all the help in the world with her parents and all the offers, which no complaints. But I was just like, hey, like we got to learn to really like figure things out for ourselves, especially now that we're going to have another one. And so um, it just it was a really deep dive into myself, because as I mentioned a little bit ago, going back to the problem, I had not had one good relationship with any of my father figures. I had a, a spiritual mentor that I chose to call dad because he was actually being a dad you know he yeah. he would tell it how it is he would be tough on me he would encourage me to be tough he'd encourage me to stand up for myself but um it was also you know bible based you know tough love and once again i needed that then cuz i'm i'm coming off of drugs i'm a high school dropout i'm trying to not not that i was ever a womanizer but you know i'm trying to not sleep around i'm trying to not do all these things I had met Elise. I wanted to get things straight. So it's like this guy for several years was kind of that mentor. Um, and so when Draven was born, you and I were working at the same company. Um, and he was born and I was just so scared to hold him. If I'm being very honest with you, it was just okay. like, hey, no, I love him. And I wasn't, I was actually originally gonna say, I love that thing, you know, but like, no, that was it's my child. I love him and I'll die for him, but I'm scared to hold him that one over there that little princess yeah i'll kill anyone for her defending her but him i'm more scared i will do damage to him because i had had damage done on to me so it's just like okay the best way i could protect him is to not touch him be back away and step away and and folks clearly that that was a problem and and that that was something that needed to be uprooted and there was a lot of healing that needed to happen with that as well and so um the first three months went by and um i feel like elise picked up on it right away but elise was doing her best to help me out with that and so
1: oh so it was like three months where you kind of yeah you were somewhat hands-off
0: i mean in a way and it's not like you know every single time he cried you know elise took care of it every single you know
1: (laughs) you just had that anxiety when you did it yeah and i'm sure
0: if my wife was here You know, the way women do, you know, she she would scoff and laugh and she'd be like, I pretty much did do everything. And she's got every right in the world to say that, because I'm sure she probably did. Um, But, yeah, just she picked up on it and she she was very um, she's very sensitive to that and and knew that that was something that was a hurdle that was in front of me. And I wasn't going to, like, not jump it. But like, I sure took way too long to, like, just take a deep breath and run at it, you know, because now. Draven is going to turn seven here in a few days and like every single time I see him I'm just like <gasps> I didn't hold him enough you know like and that's the, you know and she's like dude you've still got so much time go with him now go play with him now go do things with him now and one of the things that when she listens to this I know she's going to probably yell in agreement is she, is she always says like come out and do things with us as a family because if anything, I like to come Family here. Family time. Yeah, I like to come here into my bat cave and I like to decompress and be alone where it's like
1: I'm very similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're across the street at the park, you know, just doing and to me I'm like, well, you do that every day, you know, like and so what what new memory am I gonna make? Going to the park and hanging out there and talking to the neighbors as the kids play, like
1: but you do this every day, right? I know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. see, yeah for sure, for same sure. Same thing, same thing.
0: Yeah, least Elisa's probably gonna be like, That Derek, he had some good points. <laughs> um Yeah, but um that was uh, that was that was a hard thing for me to do, and and as I'm mentioning now, and as I'm kind of opening up to you guys, like, there's there's a regret to that, you know, like there was a regret to not conquering that fear right away, because I feel like, you feel like you lose out, you know, and but do you
1: still beat yourself up about it now, or I mean, is it a little less?
0: It's it's le- it's it's way. I was going to say, it's way more or less. I was like, no, Fredo, that doesn't make sense. It's a lot less now.
1: Because he doesn't remember that time at all. No, not at and all. And I know it, it does, I'm sure, um, I don't even know what you call them, kid psychologists and all that, they, they probably say that you know it does have somewhat of an effect because of the, the touch, the physical touch and, and all that. But he doesn't actually remember those things. So you're spending time with him now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see if that was the case.
0: Oh, no, no, no. And, and thanks for checking on that, man. Yeah, dude, you can put me under the microscope in the spotlight, flip this podcast on me and make me the <laughs> make make me the, the 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 subject target. Um, yeah, no, but I mean like, you know, even now like when I'm doing stuff like this, like, you know, he comes and hangs out with me if I'm if I'm playing a game and if it's nothing too, you know, not that I play ultra violent video games, but you know like to just let him come and hang out, let him come sit on my lap like things like that cuz like those are things that like I couldn't I couldn't do with my stepdad because my stepdad would be like, dude, like, leave me alone. Get out of here. Not that I'm painting him to be his terrible guy. He was a guy that took in, you know, two other kids that weren't his, you know, like I, I, I if anything, I give him the credit of of doing what he did. Right. Um, but, you know, like there was, you know, that quality time like that, like I w- I'd be more scared to ask my stepdad if I could go with him to the hardware store. You know, more than, you know, anything else because it was just like we didn't have any of those moments. And so those are the kind of things that, like, I had to deconstruct with my own son where it was just like, hey, dude, I'm going here. Let's go. And he, like, at the drop of a head, he's like, okay. You know, and like, and so, and even like, so across the room over there, I've got the two the two lightsabers that we built at Disney World. Like, even just memories like that where it's like there was a, a point in time where Draven and I broke off the group just ourselves. And I remember just like, really making that a core memory mm-hmm. of, you know, like we rode the Dumbo ride together and things like that, you know, and I was just telling him like what I remember from when I was his age and I went to Disneyland in California and like I was just like, dude, the only memory I have is that we were poor and we couldn't buy anything so it's just like, we're here, whatever you want, dude you're gonna get <laughs> and when you tell a seven-year-old that they can get whatever they want at Disney World they go crazy
1: <laughs> and Disney World is a lot more expensive than oh, Target or yeah.
0: Walmart oh yeah, it is Um, but yeah, so, so when you ask like, you know, do I still beat myself up? Does it still happen? Like, I think I'll always have that regret, but it's not, it's not a condemning, you know, negative thing where I, I'll mope and get depressed and stuff about it. It'll just be more like if I can share that experience with anyone that I know is, you know, telling me, Hey dude, you know, I've got my girlfriend or my wife pregnant and, you know, I'm going to be there, but I'm scared. Like the that's the first thing I think I I would talk about is, Hey, here's what I went through and here's a problem I carried into that. And whatever you can do to get it out, like I'll help you or let's get you connected to someone that can, because trust me, you want to go into that as willing and as happy and as excited as you can be, because it doesn't stop after that. You know what I'm saying? It does not. Yeah, it doesn't. (laughs) And so, so, so let's, let's ask that with you then. So when, so You guys announced it, mm-hmm. you know, on your birthday, and so tell me about um, going through the pregnancy with Rachel, and and let's let's have your take on it. Now.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the next part there, the the whole the pregnancy journey. Um, so yeah, to touch on that, um, we announced it, and like I said, I was I was definitely apprehensive and had anxiety about, you know, I wanted to be a good parent, and I just I felt like there was that chance that I wouldn't be, even though people constantly told me, you know. I'm going to be – you're going to be a good dad and this and that. Because they saw me with their kids. I was able to have friends that had their own young ones and stuff, and they saw me play with them. And I'm, I'm a very kid-like in my own nature. When I'm with kids, I'll get down on the floor with them. I'll play with them and all that. And that transfers.
0: If I may, um, I never saw you with somebody else's kid, but, like, you were you were my supervisor for how long? So for me, I'm like, you're a natural leader, dude. Like, you're going to be grading your marriage and as, you know – as a parent. and But I think I was telling you those things when you were like, I'm never getting married. I'm never going to have kids. Right. <laughs> so to yeah. so you, you were just like, you're just saying that to say that. <laughs> you, you're just trying to push me in that direction.
1: <laughs> no, I appreciate you saying
0: that. Uh, um, but that's how I saw it. So when you told me you were going to be dad, I was like, yeah, he's going to be great at it. Because I'm like, he knows the kind of dad he doesn't want to be. And he's a dude leader. He's going to step up. So I always saw that.
1: And at that point, I don't think we really talked uh, much about my Upbringing, you know, uh, I grew up poor, and you knew that I had some issues when I was younger. But I never really delved into the things that went on and stuff, and the abuse and that kind of thing. Dealing with that, so
0: you you didn't you didn't know that I went through sexual abuse till the podcast. The, 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 I talked about it. You were like, you went through that, and I was like, have we not talked about this before? No. and you yeah. and I we've talked about we've talked about. I mean, if and once again, I don't mean to put all your stuff, but I mean, we we talked about like dealing with witchcraft in our families. Like, we talked about why we ran towards religion or run away from it like we've talked about some pretty heavy things and i feel like that was the one thing that like when you you were like dude you talked about this on your podcast i didn't know that i was like what do you mean you didn't know that how long have i known you like <laughs> it's
1: just not something that really comes up in natural conversation no, i assume for sure like witchcraft does you know yeah. witchcraft is always just natural conversation <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, had, I dealt with that, that fear of of just kind of perpetuating the cycle of of all that. And even though I didn't have a problem with alcohol, I mean, I would get drunk and you know I, I'd overdo it, but it wasn't like I was doing it to hide from anything. It wasn't like I was. It wasn't your crutch. Needing to drink. You just like the party. I do, I do I do like yeah. the party. I, I don't anymore as much. Um, and that happened after. Uh, Grayson was born is this I really kind of slowed down on the drinking. And it wasn't a, a conscious effort. It was just like, hey, you know. I well, I mean,
0: and and I remember like you and I met up once or twice to just like, as you and I now call it, grab a beer. But I remember like my wife would be like, dude, you're not out there to party. And I'm like, what What do you think we're going to do? Like Derek and I did that before we were parents, but like you know, like we'd go out and have a few drinks at, you know, a- after work or something like that. But like I was like, no, if anything, this is just more like we just need the time, you know, as yeah. as friends to, like, hang out. Just and not, nerd out and crap, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you went through the same with, with Rachel or not, but I feel like Elise was like, dude, like, you're not out there to party.
1: <laughs> Rachel said the same thing, yeah. Yeah. That, but I'm a I'm a notorious quick drinker of everything, like water, pop. Um, oh, I actually you, said you, pop. I usually say soda.
0: You, you brought three energy drinks here, so, yeah. I did. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> so
1: it's with everything. It just kind of goes down quick. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I had that fear, and, uh, and then – it kind of faded away a little bit uh, as the pregnancy went on, and to be honest, we had a really fairly easy pregnancy. Yeah, Rachel didn't get sick; um, she didn't have any weird pains. She didn't have any kind of like gestational diabetes or anything like that that you you come across with other people. So uh, we got lucky in that regards. Um, it could have been the other way, and then uh, the only thing we had to deal with was uh, fibroids. Okay. Um, and that could have been an issue if they had to do a C-section. They were they were kind of worried about that. But
0: I, I think I remember you guys talk, like talking to me about that. I I, I yeah. remember. I don't remember seeing Rachel pregnant a lot when you guys went through the pregnancy. But I remember there was like one or two times where I think that was the only thing because we were like, "How's it going?" You know, because we we'd gone through it as well. So,
1: and like maybe because it was so easy I really didn't have as much involvement as someone else might like it's not like I wasn't there to help her but she didn't really need a lot of help um I would do things if she asked me to and or I would put them off until she was like hey can you do this I'm I'm a procrastinator so that's just how it goes uh,
0: I, I think I think people are going to pick up really well on the kind of dads we are the kind of, <laughs> the kind of husbands we are and and it's a, i mean I'll always give you know women more credit on that not that i'm trying to suck up to them but i'm married so i don't have to win anyone over okay i'm just saying you know they're a lot more uh way more tough and you know mentally organized than i think i'll ever be Um, my my
1: wife didn't believe that i gave her credit until people were talking about hey derek said that you do this and this and she was like oh okay because i'm the first to say she does more than me in the household yeah and i should step up more it's just sometimes I kind of forget the things. I don't. I don't see the things that need to be done like she does, so she needs to leave me lists of things to do, and she doesn't like doing that all the time. Yeah. But she's like, I wish you could just see this and know that it needs to be done. And me, I probably didn't even see it. I probably just glanced
0: over it. And, and I know, because it's like when I when I do something like unload the dishwasher, like it's like my ADD brain is just like, hey, go do that quick, because it's like in front of me, and then like Elise would just like and I'm not saying this to make fun of her, but she will like, she will go so far out to like, thank me and like vocalize it. And I'll just be like, why the heck are you making such a big deal about it, dude? I just put the dishes away. Jeez. And then like, it'll be like a day later. They'll be like, maybe I don't do that that often that when I do, she has to like, you know, express her joy. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 try to do my best to, to give my wife credit on this thing. Cause a, she's the first person to listen to this. And so she's, she's my one and only fan. <laughs> Um, but cause she deserves it. So I I do my best to let her know how awesome she was. Um, I want to, I want to quickly ask. So we're talking about, um, the pregnancy, but I want to talk about the night Rachel went into labor because I can tell you this for us, it was July 4th, 2014. We had had all of our close friends over for a cookout and Elise's parents were here because we were, I don't know if we were getting the baby's room ready. Or something along those lines. My in-laws, every time they come, they always have, like, an agenda. And, like, it sucks because, like, I I like to host people. And you know this about me. I like to cook for people. I like like to have people feel comfortable in my house. And, like, my in-laws are, like, the only set of people that, like, I have to shut that off for. And I freaking hate it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's go do that. Great. And so, like, they were here. And I think we had several friends come over and my in-laws I think took a break to eat and get to know everyone and they'd met some of them before um, but I think everyone left and my in-laws were either painting la- the baby's room or something and Elise was outside washing and vacuuming her car mega prego you know preggers as they say um, and she was she thought she was having Braxton Hicks contractions okay and little did we know, she was actually having contractions and ready to go into labor. And Elisa's just such a warrior, and she's so tough. And I can say this because she's my wife, and poke fun at her, but she's also kind of that naive, you know, that she's just like, "Ah, oh, I'm gonna tough this pain out," you know, like. And she I mean, she freaking vacuumed her car, and we were like cleaning the garage out. And so it wasn't till um till that night that. Oh, I shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to. She was so uncomfortable that I pulled the Ross and Rachel from Friends. Not the cheating on her thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're a fan of Friends or not, but um, there's one point where Rachel was pregnant, and the only thing that could calm her down and relax her was <laughs> was having sex. Oh man! And so it's there like, it's, and then that's why I'm like, I shouldn't talk about this because I was like, my I'm talking about how my in-laws are in the house, and so Elise couldn't couldn't relax. So it was just like, hey, um. Let's try to get you to relax, and that's what did it. Her water broke, and she went into the bathroom, and she came out. She was like, "My water broke," and I was just like, "Wow, then <laughs> I did it!" And um, and yeah, so we—I can't remember if we had a bag packed or not, but I think we quickly got our stuff together, and we had to wake up her parents, like we were it, we gotta go, we gotta go. Hey, and they were like, "Oh, oh," you know, they were obviously ecstatic, but they were like, "Oh." go we'll hold down the fort and um and yeah and so we went in to uh to fairview and i think it was edina and it was like i was driving down and elisa's like oh my goodness it's coming out and i was just like oh like you know pedal to the metal like keep that thing inside of you i mean like <laughs> if it was just the audio of it i i swear it would have sounded like something out of one of the alien movies just like horror like it's coming out of me! Oh God! <laughs> and um, we got into the we got into the hospital. We went up to the I don't know the maternity ward or you know that that the baby delivery area. Yep. And as soon as we walked in, she was like, "It's coming out!" And like the receptionist quickly like turned at us, and then like I I, I swear out of thin air, out of drawers, out of the ceiling tiles, every available nurse just popped out like, "Hold it in!" <laughs> and then like quickly went back into the drawers and ceiling tiles and vents and they brought her a chair and they immediately got her into, into the room where she was going to be at. And I think it was so last second and it was a matter of maybe two hours, not even that Leia came. Cause I don't even think Elisa's doctor was here. I think she was on vacation and it was like, well, you know, you're not due for another two weeks, you know. And, right. And but yeah, I was like, nope, yeah, baby came, and I don't think it was a matter of weeks. But yeah, it was just it was a matter of it was so last second that it was just whatever doctor was available, and yeah, I remember um, it was so last minute. Elise couldn't get an epidural, which I think she wanted to. I think I think the idea of the pain and everything which is why it has to be a woman's choice. Like if, if she's choosing to have a kid and she's terrified of that pain, yeah, please do what you can to not have to feel all that. Right. And I think for us, it was a matter of it was so last second and so up or up that she couldn't. They were like, eh, nope, you're going to have to go through it. And they were like, dad, you're going to have to help her. And if you pass out, we're not going to care wherever you land, you will stay and we will tend to baby. And that's fair. And that's right? uh, totally fair. Yeah. Um So, yeah, I mean, I remember um, Elise did so awesome with the breathing and the pushing and everything like that. And once Leia was out in the world, Leia was just like, I just, we just remember feeling so um what's, I, I got to explain this right. Watching Leia be held. And watching her being like, "Whoa, like this is the world!" Like there wasn't crying, there wasn't. There was a few, the few, you know, was But like I think once, like she started seeing lights, and I'm I'm assuming you know the shapes and and lights and shadows that a baby sees, you know, with all the goo on them and you know their eyes. Yep. We were just alien-like. Like, well, alien-like, but I think like we just gave life such a matter of like demanded respect of like whoa that thing is sentient that thing is it knows it's alive and i shouldn't say it sorry but i'm just trying to paint it she yeah She. and that's exactly it we were just like whoa like she knows she's here you know like and she knows that you know
1: she may not know what this is but
0: yeah and we were just like watching her be so like taking like it's almost like this this infant newborn infant was just taking it all in and we were taking that and we were just like whoa like and Lisa and I looked at each other, you know, and like just getting emotional. But we were just like, "Look at her! Wow!" You know, like, and yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was just a wave of emotion, and um, to turn a serious situation into a terribly uh, ill ill-timed joke. I remember there was one point throughout the night. Um, the nurses are cleaning the baby up, uh, wrapping it up, getting, you know, weight and measurements and everything like that, putting it under the, what I call the French fry lamp.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I remember I walked around, uh, one side of the bed and as I was crossing the middle of it, I was like, Oh look, there's a bucket on the ground. What's inside? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 take it away. Take it away. That was the, uh, the I, insides. I called it the chum bucket. <laughs> And um, yeah, you fail to realize that um, the baby is in a bag of fluid.
1: And how much it is. And
0: how much it is. Because I remember baby came out, and after baby slipped out, you just hear
1: whoosh. Yep. And it I was got just, to see that. You got to see, yeah. Mm.
0: I got to see that off to the side. And I remember I was, the only thing was, this, I wasn't expecting that. Um, the baby coming out is something that I was like, oh, I, I need to see this, you know, like, but it was what came afterwards. I got lightheaded. And I remember like holding you hand. I was like, out loud, I was like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. And the nurses were like, go sit down because if you fall down, we're not going to take care of you. <laughs> and I remember I just like took in a deep breath and then I was just like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And yeah, I mean, and that's that it was like from that instant is when we were wa- watching the baby just alert. And so, um, yeah, man, the night went on. And so she would have been born July fourth, but it was into it was well past midnight, and I think it was like maybe one thirty in the morning. Um, they cleaned her up, and and you know they were people need to realize this too. Someone say this like they were sewing Elise back up because yeah. you know your wife goes through some damage, you know, for that. And so I think they were tending to her, and they were like, Dad, you know, come come greet your baby and hold your baby and. I'm gonna get emotional. Did you cut the umbilical cord. I too? did. Okay. Both yeah. kids, I got to do that. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I should have mentioned that because that is important. What's more important to me, Derek, is that as soon as I got to hold Leia, I told her why I named her Leia, and I told her in a very, uh, a, you know, a, a abbreviated but uh, concise, um, I told her the story of Star Wars, and I told her why I named her Leia, and. You're such a nerd. I am, right?
1: <laughs> and this coming from a guy who named his son Grayson because of Batman
0: freaking nerd <laughs> yeah and so i saw i held leia and i i told her i said you know in, in hawaiian it means warrior but i said when i was a little boy um there was no tougher girl in my opinion than the princess who wasn't the damsel in distress but the one where it's like you two idiots came to rescue me give me that gun i'm gonna rescue us you know like and i told her i was just like this is what i want for you and this is this is what i'm praying over you is this this leadership and this discernment and this toughness that you know no one will be able to tell you what to do and now i kind of regret that because i can't tell her what to do (laughs) um that's a joke people um but yeah she's so um she's hard-headed but i feel like it's gonna pay off in the right ways the older she gets um little did i know that you know Leia would have the anxiety that she has the sensory issues she's you know she's she's tested on the spectrum but she's not you know autistic or fully autistic but um you know she she she's in sped ed in school and and she gets certain attention um but I feel like it's just I feel like it pays off to her and it's to her credit because like her teacher will be like there will be kids picking on her and she it's not that she doesn't get it but it just goes it just goes right over her head like to her it's like ah eh. she doesn't care she doesn't care that's good and I'm just like oh I mean I gotta really like build that up in her because i'm like man there's no thing there's no greater thing in this world that's going to want to tear you down than this world and so it's like if she can have that you know ready you know it's it's a matter of me being patient with her because this is something i didn't see on your list and maybe i scrolled through it too fast but like discipline you and i have talked about and we have i feel like we we used to have because i feel like i'm i've changed since then but like I was spanked, but I was never one of those people that was like, because I was spanked, I will spank. You know, like, it was never that. To me, I always saw it, and I think I said this to you once, and I don't think it was enough to sell you on why I, I believed in discipline for a child, but I related it to nature, where I was like, look at look at a, a family of wolves, or I don't know what they call it, a tribe, or, you know, a f- pack. A pack, thank you. Um, I'm like, not only are those cubs fighting each other, and the mom will allow it but she'll nip at them when it's necessary. Yep. And so that's how I always viewed it. Now, clearly if we're, if we're going to talk about religion and stuff like that, you know, we can we can bring up what the Bible says about discipline and and sparing, you know, the discipline and all all that other stuff which we don't have to get into. But um I'm backed up by a spiritual conviction of why I want to discipline my kids, but it was not this last summer but the summer before. I had, I gave both of my kids the, like, you no longer need to get spanked. Like I shouldn't have, and it's not like they were getting spanked left and right consistently, you know, every day, but it was just a matter of like, I was like, we're at a point where you guys are, are more than smart enough. Like, like this should be a new thing we're stepping into. And I gave them the talk on why I, I, I'm not going to, and what's going to happen when we have to discipline hard and, and when we have to cross these bridges um, but I was just like, I'm no longer doing this and a don't make me regret it, but B it, it might be a harder thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember Leia was just like, Oh, she said something, Derek, that like it rocked me to the core, but she said something along the lines of like, is this what being responsible is like? And she must've been seven or eight at the time when she said that, but she said that she's like, is this what being responsible is like? That was her answer for me doing the red foreman, like i'm growing too old and tired to kick your ass like <laughs> not that i said it like that good old red um but that, that was that was a tv dad so to me it was just like you know like not that i was going to be like that but like i needed that and that was me and my kids are not me so it's just like i had to tear that down of you know like i can't lose my cool the way my mom would lose her cool and spank me because she didn't have the support That I know have, you know, she didn't have the tools that we now have, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and to her it was a matter of like she needed to always put her relationship with my stepdad first. And it was just like if the kids were annoying her, if the kids were the cause of their fight, that was the only way she knew how to go fix it was punishment. And so it's just like I knew that, like, I had to grow out of that because I couldn't it couldn't be like that all the time and and the times that I would discipline my kids like my wife didn't like it either but it was just a matter of like hey are you're not winning this fight and by by that I mean like both kids teaming up on her or you know one being very very hard headed and not wanting to listen or whatever the case is and I would be the one that would like hey no leave the room I'm I'm taking over now and so um yeah, that's that's another big thing I feel like when it comes to fatherhood as well, is that like I'm like, man, like I was always getting my butt kicked all the time. And like, do I want to be the same way? And so, you know, we've we've Elise and I have always wanted to to host and take care of people, and we've had friends and family live in our basement um the past few years. We're 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 done with that now. Um, but that was one of the main causes. It's just like, dude, like we have other people living here. Like you guys cannot be acting the way you guys think, you know, you're supposed to act. And, and there's so much of that too. Cause it's like their brains growing, you know, they're, they're at school and they see how other kids act and what other kids get away with, you know, like things like that. So it's like, it, it's not just them growing, but it was a matter of me also having to learn like, okay, dude, you also, your patience has to grow. Your understanding has to grow. Your grace has to grow. Like you can't sit here and, and ask God to forgive you for all the stupid stuff you do and have patience with you and grace for the mistakes you consistently make over and over the bad choices you choose to make over and over all these things like that, that are about me. I'm like, okay, if I'm supposed to represent the loving father, I know, you know, in, in, in my world and in my mind exists and, and who helps me out. Like my children's perception of that is not how I act. Yep. So it's just like, why would I not go over the top with that? And that was a very hard pill to swallow, man. And that was a lot of pride to take down. That was a lot of, you know, you know, I don't think there was a lot of resentment I held to my parents. It's not like I've sat around going like, oh, this one time my mom freaking slapped me in public. You know, nothing like that. But it was just like, okay, like you also can't be like the opposite of like, I'll never do that because that's all I did. Because I feel like those were the conversations you and I had. And I'm going to say growing up, you were an adult and I was learning to be an adult but like I feel like those were the conversations we had we were just like well you can't just choose to spank a kid because you were spanked and you know like why not you know it worked on me and you know I needed it and it's just like you become a parent and you're just like yeah okay first off I was an idiot but I also know so much more now than what I knew back then and, and what my, my mom knew back then and It's a different world now, and I've got so much more things coming my way that that you know I can I can use and resources and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, and to me, it's not that I want to get preachy, but my faith as well. It's just like okay, like my mom didn't know any of that when I was that age. She wasn't. We weren't going to church. We weren't doing any of that. So it's like for me, it's just like okay, dude. Like if you believe in this stuff, you got to call on it, you know. And you and you got to put your hand up and say, hey, I need help here because clearly I'm not handling this right. yeah, sorry man. I feel like that was a very long tangent. But when it came to No
1: the discipline thing, yeah, that that was my biggest anxiety was, you know, reacting like my parents did. Now I know my dad was drinking, my mom was drinking and stuff and, and that exacerbated the things that they were doing. And I know how they grew up after, you know, learning about that as I grew up as an adult. I could see like why they did it the way they did it. But for me it was making that choice. And and to be honest and, and to kinda maybe end up this pregnancy you haven't talked about draven's pregnancy or that but yeah for me um going through the pregnancy was easy and uh we didn't have many issues until giving birth and then there was possibly it could have been an issue if she had to go cesarean because he might not have fit through her uh the canal because she was uh smaller there there was like a hump or something the bone was different than than normal
0: um, it's from the years of carrying you on her back. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should should joke around right now. But okay. but, but
1: he made it through, and, and he was born, and he, his eyes were open when he came out, and he didn't cry either. And uh, he was just kind of like looking around and stuff, and that, that was an amazing thing to see. Yeah. Because
0: um, you always hear that they come out, you know, eyes shut and stuff, and I was just like, oh, man. And you expect to, you know, I always expected the spank, you know, like the doctor has to like... And, he pow, cried you yeah. know, and, and there wasn't, like I said, Leia came out, and there was a little bit of the wasp, but it's like once they laid her down and like... They later on Elise and I remember Elise was just like, "Oh, oh hello! Like, hi!" And I was we were—I was just like, "Welcome!" Like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, trying to hold her, and and then you know, then I, I had to cut the umbilical cord, and you know, Elise was, you know, making that connection. And and when you say like, when you hear that term "connection," it really is that—it's—it's it's a mom and her baby like meeting. You know, instead of mom growing the baby, and there's that connection still there, but it's just like now they're meeting face to face. Um, with the pregnancy with Draven, um. I think I mean I I feel like I maybe just rushed over this, but like you know we went through, we went into um. We went into couples counseling or marriage counseling, and what was really cool is that this guy offered both Christian marriage counseling and just regular, you know, like and I was like, hey, I want both because I was just like, you know, obviously Elise and I are both, you know, we have faith in Christ and and all that. But I was just like, I also kind of want to hear, you know, the other side. You know, like I want to hear what Derek and Rachel, what they'd hear. If no, I'm joking. Um, but it was really quick. So we, we did that. Um, we, we did go on a heavy metal cruise. I know I mentioned that earlier. Uh, that was kind of my joke is I was going to make it seem like we were being... Demon irris- Hunter, right? Yeah. yeah. I was going to make it seem like we were very irresponsible with the second pregnancy. But um, there was a sense of more of a, an aloof, like... Like I said, Elise was just like, "I got this."
1: You've been through it before. Yeah, you had, you had an expectation. Uh, yeah,
0: and the thing was too is, um, and this is a, a testament to. This is also a little bit of my conspiracy theorist. Like, there's always something going on in the world, and so when we were prepping for this cruise, it was a heavy metal cruise because our it was the only show that our favorite band, Demon Hunter, was putting on, and it was on a heavy metal cruise, a four day cruise. Uh, Zach Wild was on it. Breaking Benjamin was on it. Michael Shanker, all these guitar gods, all these awesome bands. And yeah, just out of nowhere, just our our little, little tiny, little favorite Christian metal band was going to be on it, which we were like, that's odd. But like Elise also loved the idea of it because we never went on a honeymoon. We were so busy with that church we were involved in that there wasn't there just wasn't time or money for that. And so we really like the idea of like, hey, let's get this, let's do this and say we've done something like this before, you know, it's the long stretch of, you know, just working and parenting. Your twilight years. Uh, oh, let's go on that honeymoon now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So the thing was, is that the Zika virus was big at that time.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. OK. And I mean, yep.
0: and ladies and gentlemen, I mean, mind you, every election, there's some sort of
1: It definitely feels like it,
0: right? Every election, there's always some sort of virus or something going around. But uh, I remember we told her um, OBGYN or whatever, the the lady parts doctor, (laughs) make myself so sound so freaking naive and stupid. Um, We told her, hey, we're going to do this. It's a Caribbean cruise. And she was instantly like, that's Zika zone, you know, and they're like, this is the worst thing that could happen to a baby. They're born with shrunken heads like it's she was like, I advise not to. And, you know, we were just like, well, do we let the fear of the world prohibit us from doing things or, you know, are we at peace about it? Are we excited about it? Um, And do we just trust that, you know, God's going to take care of us? And so the the reason I'm bringing that up, Derek, specifically with you in this subject of uh, pregnancy and becoming a dad and, and, and parenthood is that, I feel like if I didn't have the faith that I have, if I feel like if I didn't believe in God, I feel like becoming a parent would be the thing that makes me go like, all right, dude, and if you're real, like, you need to show it to me now because, like, I like I am stepping into this scary thing and, like, don't you let anything bad happen to this little kid because they don't deserve it. Right. Let me, let me go through hell. Let me go to hell. I don't care about me anymore. I care about th- this person. And so it was something Elisa and I actually, like, we really had to, like, embrace was this like this will be the rest of our lives as parents that there's always going to be some breaking news some bad stories some fear mongering um and i'm not trying to say these pandemics i'm not trying to get into a political agenda on this but i'm just saying you're always going to deal deal with fear and with this oppression of somebody else telling you like i wouldn't do that right Now, this is a doctor. I I, I trust doctors just to get that out there. (laughs) Um, So it made sense that she was like, dude, down south, that's that's Zika zone. The the virus is don't do this. You know, and we were like, well, you know, we're not planning on going inland. We're not planning on doing this. You know, we'll maybe be at the beach, you know, if Elise feels like it and stuff like that. And lo behold, I mean, we went on it and we had a great we had a great time. So if there's somebody out there that's considering a trip and they're listening to this and they're going, see, like it worked for Alfredo, I'm going to go do it too. Just consider everything, you know, and pray and meditate on it. Every
1: situation is situational. Right.
0: I like that. Um, And so we came back from that cruise um, and Elise just kept doing her thing. She worked when she worked and we just, you know, I was, I'm going to say we, but. It's your wife, right? It's the woman growing the baby, you know? Oh, so, yeah. she, so, you know, she went into the pregnancy and, um, you know, Draven's, Draven's due date came. And, and I feel like he came on time. It wasn't like Leia where it was just ab- abrupt. Um, and I remember she chose the epidural this time, which I was like, yeah, it's your choice, dude. Like, you know, you've already gone through it once, you know, and you toughed it out and do whatever you want. I think it was re- very weird. She had a very weird experience with the ep- epidural because it only worked on half of her body. So I feel like yeah, so they they rolled her on her side because you know it's it's an injection in the spine, and so they were trying to see if the medicine would like I don't know, slowly drip (laughs) and numb the other side of her of her body out, and it didn't.
1: Never did, huh? Never did.
0: Interesting. So Draven came and all this Draven came out crying, which I was just like, Of course, of course, my boy. (laughs) Already a sign of disappointment. Shaking your fist Uh, to this guy. Not even. Um but I'll tell you this. So with Leia, I told her the story of Star Wars, and I told her I was talking to my firstborn baby. Here's why you, you're named, right? You know, you're named what you're named. It wasn't that with Draven. I, I had half of it memorized, and don't ask me to say it now, but um, with Draven, same thing. Once they cleaned him up, once mom was getting tended to, once the nurses were like, Dad, here's your here's your son. Congratulations. Hold him. I gave him the speech that... Jor L gives Clark Kent on Man of Steel. The you know they will you know they'll follow you into the sun. You know I gave him that whole speech. I memorized like a like a good chunk of it, and then after that I just ad libbed it. But I was pretty much just like, dude, like in this world, like I really I like I need you to be a leader, and I'll do whatever I can to help you do that, and to help you stand up for everyone, and to to encourage everyone and to to see everyone the same, to not ever see anyone differently because people are going to see you different by the color of your skin, by your ethnicity, by your last name. And I was just like, lead as many of them as you can. That was the speech I gave Draven. Oh man, I'm getting emotional about it right now. But I remember like that felt so like that was the first major bond I had with him because like I said, after that, after that, I was like, oh man, like, You got to do more of that now you know and it was it was hard to and so now i mean like now it's very different because i mean draven will mimic everything about me i mean so you look at this man cave you know you see musical instruments you see posters you see star wars stuff everywhere you see uh uh, a mad man's science uh i don't know
1: science setup
0: here science setup um just it's it's unorganized. It's messy. But in my mind, all of this makes sense. If you, my f-
1: you know where the things are, and if someone were in there to clean it up, oh, they would screw it up for it. me. Yeah. Yep.
0: If my father-in-law, who who owns a, a huge house, who's got an awesome garage, who's got his shed set up, his tools organized, I mean, Hank Hill to the T. If he'd come down here to be like, oh, dude, it's chaotic, and he'd clean it for me, I would. I'd probably have a panic attack. Or like, it, uh, that's man. not where that goes. <laughs>
1: i'm the the same way it's organized clutter because i know where the things are yeah yeah
0: and so if we were to go into his room it's the exact same thing but i mean like there's there's subtle nuances uh to to my dichotomy and my character that i see in draven because like i wanted to be like my stepdad growing up because he was he was the father figure i had and so i mean i remember like i wanted his tools I wanted his things. I I wanted to be a geek like he was. I wanted to, you know, he was very huge into fixing electronics and and he was a very very smart dude to this day still is. And I remember I just wanted to do the same. So it's like he would come into my room and find some of his own stuff in there and he'd get so pissed off. Like, this is my stuff. Don't you take my stuff. Whereas to like now I'll be in Draven's room and I'll find the same thing. Like, I'll be like, hey, what's this doing here? And he kind of just smiles. He's like, uh... I don't know. I kind of like it, <laughs> and I, I I don't get mad at him. I'll just be like, "Hey, man, like you got to take care of this." Or if not, if you're done playing with it, you got to bring it back to where you found it, kind of a thing. Because, yeah. like, I, like I see so much of me in him in those things, where it's just like, at least now that he's seven, like I'm like, okay, I'd rather, I'd rather tackle those things and deal with them now than just never get to them and you know have this huge distance between the two of us because you know that 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 does carry into. Adulthood, as as we we've talked about, you know, and and like I said, the last, it wasn't the last piece of advice because you know I still talk to my dad as much as I can. It's just their second conversations, but you know my dad is always giving me good advice. But like I said, the last piece of advice that my dad gave me that impacted me was before my wedding, <laughs> have a backup plan. And I'm like, no, dude, like and so um yeah man so that's what it was like with draven so i mean hopefully that answered that question of, of oh yeah the pregnancy definitely. into into second child so
1: um for for grayson like i said everything was easy there might have been an issue with the the c-section and stuff that they were worried about but that didn't happen so they you know he got came out eyes open no crying just looking around kind of like Leia was just taking it all in and then uh my anxieties were uh tempered a bit when they put him in my arms oh, and yeah. immediately and it made me mad at my parents after after dealing with the initial you know emotion of you know here he is um immediately it wasn't a choice for me to love this guy yeah it was it was just immediate that this is this is my my life now this is him
0: um, and, and, and and as much as i wanted to be a fighter pilot that you know shoots down the plane that was going to attack the White House or, you know. He wears glasses. He can't be a pilot. Shut up. Let me get to my point, (laughs) butt munch. Um, Or, you know, like just the, the, the titular hero that I would portray myself in my mind, you know, of like, that's my calling. That's my destiny. It was like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And everything else just happens to be something cool I got to do along the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, like I
1: said, it made me mad at my parents after the fact because I felt like a choice at times with them Yeah. um, because they they chose alcohol or drugs or or whatever. Sometimes we struggled to eat, but there was always cigarettes, there was always beer, there was always weed or or whatever drug it was at the time. Um, And and that wasn't how I felt towards Grayson. I mean, he was my choice. I knew I would make choices to... If we were struggling or something, I would I would make the choice not to get a video game or get beer or whatever, and and uh, put it towards him, you know, thriving. Yeah. So uh, that the whole pregnancy was easy up until that point, and and then it, it became easy, except for me dealing with the emotion of feeling like a choice and stuff to my parents. But yeah, yeah uh, it was. I, I don't say this often, but I I definitely as well felt blessed to have this little human in my arms and and be. Be in charge of, you know, growing him into a human, that hopefully will do something positive in life, and and I already see that as as he's grown that he's he's taking on good good qualities and stuff. So nice. You mentioned uh, Bond when you gave him the the uh, Jor El speech, and uh,
0: I so got that right, right? That's his dad's name, Jor El. Yeah. Jor El, because yep. Superman's name was Kal El, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. cool. I just wanted to make sure I didn't say something stupid that made me sound like a moron as I'm talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: touched on this briefly before we started recording. That I didn't really feel like I bonded during the pregnancy. I felt very outside of it, and I think that's fairly normal for a guy because yeah. you don't you don't get that the kicking constantly. You don't feel the movement. You're not doing things, eating stuff to um, feed the baby.
0: And man, at one point, Elise said that it felt like Draven was clawing, clawing at her insides. And the first thing I thought of was like. oh. <gasps> man, we're going to give birth to Wolverine. Nice. <laughs> not even nice. not even considering the pain and anguish and discomfort that my wife is going through, I just immediately... You're a sacrifice for the greater
1: good. <laughs> um, but were you able to bond during the pregnancy at all with uh,
0: either Leia or Draven? Did you feel like you bonded? I feel like there were a couple of moments. So, I mean, I don't know if anyone listening would consider that enough to say it was bonding. Um I feel like with Leia there was a lot of like I would lay my hands on Elisa's stomach and pray. And we did that with Draven as well. But um I think there was a couple of moments with Leia where like I, I would put headphones up to Elisa's stomach and I, I think one time it was Iron Maiden <laughs> and another time it was like John Williams, like, you know, probably probably the Star Wars theme or, you know, something something classical and something, you know, positive with nuance, not, you know, like devil worshipping heavy metal. <laughs> um and with Draven, I mean, I'm sure there was a couple of moments like that with him, too. Like, I feel like during the pregnancy, though, I, I don't know if I can say that there was a lot of, like, me talking into her stomach. You know, I, I, I know that I did that, but I don't think it was something that, like, I did that frequently enough to say I bonded with uh, with uh the baby during the pregnancy. Um After the fact, yeah, I mean, I can give you hundreds of stories of that. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, but, yeah. But,
1: and we'll be able to talk about that later with different things. But yeah, this is uh, just during the pregnancy. I, I just feel it's normal for a guy not to really feel like part of the process, of, other than the little things here and there that you help out with. Yeah. Um, because yeah, you can go to the the doctor's visits and all that. You can hear the heartbeat, but I, I just feel it hits you differently than it does the the mom. Because I mean, that's that's a part of them.
0: If there's anyone listening to this, and and you as a guy did do that, or as a mom you witnessed your your baby's dad do that like feel free to write in and if you want to yeah, share that experience do. i'd love to hear about it um and we you know we would we'd gladly receive that email and we'd gladly uh take in any um comments or thoughts on that i just wanted to throw that out there as oh, well yeah i was going
1: to say the same thing because <laughs> just because we didn't bond um in certain ways doesn't mean that someone else wasn't able to
0: or if, if you think it's it's a weird thing like no like do it. Cause now that I'm thinking about it, I was like, should I should, I should have done that more. Like, I guess I should have, you know, what's next on the, uh,
1: on your, well, we got the preparing for parenthood kind of thing where you, you make up the room and all that. Uh- I don't think we really need to go in depth about that. I put off doing a lot of things. I think many parents do where they're like, oh, it's a 36 a week, and we just finished the nursery. Here it is. And, yeah. uh, my wife wanted some uh, clings put up on the wall and stuff like that, and I never did it. We bought them for no reason because I didn't put them up ever. <laughs> and she did a lot of the work with painting the nursery and all that that I didn't because I was working overnight, and I just I claimed being tired and didn't want to do it. And I, I'm not a big painter as far as walls and stuff like that so i did make her do a lot of that kind of stuff
0: no and, and for that yeah like um that was all my in-laws i mean I'm, I'm just gonna give them the credit like they were they just offered and came and and like i said they did most of all that but they were helping us with uh you know we bought this house and you know elise was pregnant and so like they were just helping us with so much of the remodel that like we caught it we modernized it because it was your grandma's house and then we baby proofed it <laughs> with baby proofing i mean you know prepared a nursery and you know like got the rest of the house kind of ready to have a baby in it um so yeah i mean like um i feel like i could have done more but at this point it's just like okay like i'd rather just you know pass on the advice to someone to say hey if you feel you should you should you know because you don't want to sit back and you know I, I, I'm hoping my wife's not going to listen to this and be like, you should have done more, you jerk, you know, and then, you know, comes home emotional After listening to your podcast, I also... <laughs> Did uh, much of your lifestyle change? No, and I think um, I, I, I spoke on that a little bit um, where it was like, we we weren't scared that life was going to change and that we weren't going to have fun or anything like that. We we kept playing in our band with the church band, which, you know, like, we we want our kids to see you know that hey it's like mom and dad still work hard at you know their hobbies and stuff like that and we did it well you know we became parents and you've got no excuse get to it junior no um not at all um the only thing we didn't do is we we didn't go out and i remember that i remember we didn't we wouldn't go to restaurants we wouldn't do anything like that and it's not that we were like it's gonna be hard i think we were just a financially we were just like eh, we don't need to and b it was just like "Eh," and you know it's not fair to everybody else to have a baby kicking and screaming you know while they're out trying to have their margaritas at applebee's or whatever the first time we did um my buddy noe his mom flew into town she flew into minneapolis and so he called me he's like hey i'm gonna go pick up my mom from the airport but you know i know she she's gonna want to go out to lunch and she'd love to see you because I irritated and annoyed her <laughs> most of my teenage life. He's like, you know, we should all go out. And I was like, yeah. And so he was like, dude, and bring your wife and kid with. And I was just like, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> and he's like, why? I'm like, I, I guess we just got used to not doing it. He's like, And he's like, dude, no, like my mom's not going to care. And I think his mom picked up on it right away that like, oh, they just, you know, they don't, they don't want to have to parent in public. Not that, you know, like we were lazy or anything like it was just like she just kind of like she was like hey no hand her over here and like she grabbed Leia and Leia was a not not fussy but a very active toddler a very vocal and active and so yeah she's like she just learned you know like and it's not that she learned we learned by watching her like oh like she's gone through this she just held the baby and ate fed the baby a little bit you know and like you that's just what you do right like you just you let the kid you know live in, live in the world and that's kind of I think something we did we were just like ah let's wait till she's a little older. And that was the one thing that I was like, eh, I guess we could have gone out to Applebee's a little bit. <laughs> I'm saying Applebee's over and over, but we could have gone out more than what we chose to. But I yeah. feel like that was the only, the only lifestyle change that really occurred is that we just, we just stopped going out. And it wasn't until Draven came along that we were like, eh, we're going to go and here's some crayons and a piece of paper. And, you know, and it's like now, you know, she, she just turned nine and he's about to turn seven you know, now the only thing we'll deal with is, a uh, like. does it have to take this long? And I just do the, dude, somebody else is cooking our food right now. Like, shut your mouth. You know, here's my phone. Play your stupid, you know, game on it. And, you know, we'll eat when the food comes. Okay. And it's that simple, you know. And I feel like yeah. that's what I want to pass on to anybody out there that does worry about any moment like that in becoming a parent. Or, you know, if they're in the same limbo we were a part of as just just cross that cross that bridge you know it's you got this you know and let somebody else cook for you cuz you deserve it <laughs> oh yeah yeah we we
1: brought him out it, we never really went out a whole lot anyway um so we kind of probably kept the same lifestyle where we would bring him out and stuff and it was just good to get him out there kind of interact and get around people and noise and and see how he reacted to having to sit there and not grab my beer that's sitting there or or whatnot hey you don't want those those are very spicy dude you don't want those that kind of thing so
0: or you know or even you know if so like i remember like with leia like um i forgot what i was eating man but like she just kept going after my the limes so it must have been tacos or something but i did the okay hey you want to try that you know she took it and stuck in her mouth and you know that the thing babies do when you give them lime and I, i looked at her and i was like yeah you see this green thing that's why I'm not letting you grab it. <laughs> did we learn? And yeah, she learned you know, she learned right away. I don't like that. And so, and yeah, I mean, those are just the little things that I think that when you become a parent, you know, you're scared or you, you think it's going to be much easier not to. I'd say, you know, still try it or, you know, like, you know, like I said, cross that bridge because it's better to say we tried it and it didn't work mm-hmm. than to say, no, we just never did that.
1: Yeah, there's going to be those times where it's just not working and then you would want to get up and leave or you feel embarrassed or whatnot. But more than likely,
0: it's going to be all right. I
1: mean, right. Yeah. They're going to be fussy. They're going to grab their things. That's just the way toddlers and, and babies are.
0: But. And I feel like it's easier said than done, right? Because, I mean, I can't tell you how many, like, comedy stand-ups I've seen on Netflix or Facebook reels or Instagram reels I've seen where it's like, like it's like someone saying, like, you know like struggling moms i see you you know and you got this and if you see a mom with her kid at the store struggling cuz she didn't buy them the toy like go pat her on the back like i'm like yeah, it's nice to say that but would you actually do that
1: not many people do
0: not many people do and so that's i feel like that's something to discuss and and to put put out there and mention is that like hey you know at least at least you know conquer it by saying you tried it because it's better to to have that experience you know and it's just like now like when i take my kids to target it's like hey can we go see the toys yeah but you're not getting anything hey we're here to buy this we'll go check out the legos but just because you tell me how much you like it doesn't mean you're gonna get it you know or leia will, leia will do the but i want it but i want it but i really want it i'm like cool hey crying doesn't get us it's it's not a tool we use to get what we want and I say it to her like that all the time. Another one that we learned too was question asked, question answered. Oh, she freaking hates that one cuz she oh, okay. she knows that when I say that it like conversation's over. You know, like I'm moving on and I'm talking about something else and I'm pushing the <laughs> cart, you know, and and so yeah, it's like when I say that to both my kids they they do they do uh you know, and so like for our parents or our grandparents, the uh wasn't even acceptable. It was like, "And don't you sass me, young boy." But it's just like I don't care if, if if I played it like that and I said, hey, conversation's over, and they both go, ugh. I kind of walk away with a little bit of a giggle, like, yeah, you tried, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, Grayson will do the same thing, and I'll, I'll just be like, hey, yeah, you asked, and, and we answered, so there you go. Yeah, we do the same thing. Yeah, man. He'll give us the mopey face. The, but I really want it, and I was like, yeah. Everybody wants a lot of stuff, but we're not here for that. <laughs> so we talked about uncertainties, so we don't need to go over that part. And we did talk about kind of preparing for the arrival. So we've covered pretty much all of segment one here.
0: Nice. Um, I feel like um, I started the timer a little bit after we started. So I want to say we're probably approaching the two-hour mark. Um, two hours, really? Yeah. <laughs> didn't feel like it. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and time flies when you're having fun. Um, I mean, like, um, do you want to tell people what the other segments are in case they enjoyed this uh this this topic and this segment, you know that they can tune in whenever Definitely. I say you're coming back. Definitely. Uh,
1: and I hope you did enjoy hearing about us. talk about our own uh, examples of you know preparing for the the birth and all that. Um, next up in our our list here, uh, we have the joys of fatherhood. and that would be you know the unbreakable bond of uh, you and a, your child, uh, the joy of fatherhood itself, uh, pride in parenting and a sense of purpose because I definitely felt the sense of purpose like I said when I held him, it was just like oh yeah there's no choice in me loving this man this is uh this is what's going to happen here and uh fulfillment in nurturing as well as impact on personal growth um, wow and that can be for the child themselves and us as uh, parents uh, after that, uh, I, w- I would like to talk about challenges and lessons.
0: So so you just named off segment two, and this is segment three, challenges and lessons, okay.
1: Uh, there's a lot to deal with that, you know, balancing the work and family life, uh, coping with sleep deprivation, which I can definitely uh, attend uh, to that one very much, working overnights as, as well as uh, dealing with the child, uh, adjusting to the demands of parenting because they don't come with a book. I, n- I know there's a lot of books out there that tell you how you should do things, but I feel like those can be good guides, but every child is different. So there's definitely a lot of demands of parenting there. Uh, Dealing with societal expectations, which we can talk about uh, specifically with you uh, when you were the stay-at-home dad and how that's sometimes seen uh, down upon. And uh, and as well as managing parental guilt. We can get into that a bit. Uh, And self-care for dads. The times where you want to uh, play those video games, like you said, or be down in your, uh, your your man cave where you should be. Maybe you should be out playing with the kids at the park there. Uh, and then after that, uh, for segment four that we would like to try is uh, fatherhood in the modern world. And I think this would be a good one uh, because us growing up was a very different world than it is now. A lot of times we feel like the kids nowadays are soft in a way. Uh, I don't think that's true bully to a point i believe um but there was a person that joked where when we were growing up we didn't have the internet where you could bully without being seen (laughs) if you wanted to bully somebody you went to their face uh i think that hardened us a little more um and nowadays people get a little sensitive about things but it's not a political thing either it's just it's just kind of the way it is um so in uh the modern world we definitely want to talk about uh you know, being a breadwinner to a caregiver, uh, embracing the emotional expression. Uh, I know I had uh, kind of trouble in uh, dealing with this a little bit because I like to think of myself as kind of being broken in emotions. I don't I don't feel as much as people and uh, having a son that takes more after his mom where he's very emotional at times, it, it was a struggle for me. So I'd like to definitely talk about that as well as shared parenting and co-parenting. Uh, Two different mindsets have to come together and be a cohesive parenting unit uh, because kids will definitely take advantage of that. Hey, go ask your mom or go ask your dad, or they'll just go ask their mom. She said no, they'll come to dad without telling you that they asked mom, mom said no, and you'll say yes, and that might start a fight. So definitely got to have that co-parenting part. Uh, Parental leave and flexible work policies. This is a big thing in America because dads don't get that same kind of uh, leave that moms get.
0: And, and and take take uh take politics into that if you want because we're the only, we're one of the only countries that that <laughs> doesn't do that you know and I remember when we were on our cruise um, we met a family that uh, had a I think she was like a like a three year old girl and they were on a Disney cruise and she was still on maternity leave and the dad just cashed in his and I was like you had a kid how many years ago. <laughs> And you're able to go on a cruise. It, it, what? It, like, oh, wow. it was just so, such a. Pfft, where, you know, I cashed in the two weeks of vacation time that I had, you know, at the job you and I were at. Yep. And it was still hell to <laughs> go do all these things in Not five
1: days. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Uh,
1: and then uh, Dad's as role models and navigating the chal- or new challenges. I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, to finish out the. The uh, fatherhood in the modern world, uh, definitely want to touch on uh, celebrating involved fatherhood, which is, once again, from when we were growing up to, I mean, my situation is different, your situation is different, but uh, pa- fathers weren't as involved, it felt like, uh, and now there's a big push for that, and there are some people that are kind of pushing against that. They don't want the fathers to be as involved and, and want the moms to be the main you know, caregiver in that regard. And I think that's bullshit. So,
0: yeah, I mean, and and you and I both know that. I mean, we we feel like that for a call for balance, it's upside down, you know. And they think that that's balance, you know. And and we've talked about this in many things where it's just like if you take away too much of one thing, you get too much of another thing, you know. And then there's that balance. And so, yeah, it's just like that. That's kind of my thing with with the world right now. It's just like it just feels like well, there are two sides that want to vocalize, but they become extreme, you know. And yeah, I mean, it's just like you can't you can't for the for the uh the support of female empowerment you can't just completely remove you know a, a dad or a male figure out of the way because it's just like
1: you can't and there was a ted talk that actually talked about that where they are very vital in bringing up a child because moms remember certain things better than other things and dads like you can ask a, a, a dad what his kids favorite this and that are and they'll probably remember that a lot better than the mom but it, you can ask him who his teachers are; he'll have a hard time remembering that. Where the mom is more apt to remember that kind of stuff, so it's very vital to have that co-parenting and uh, and all that because you're you're uh, supporting each other in you know the different aspects of your child's life because you just deal with things differently. Now, not everybody's like that, of course, but
0: well, well, and, and that that's a great way of explaining uh, of what a parent passes on to the child but there's also the perception of what the child takes in elise could help driven out with bath time and she'll be respectful with him you know being a boy but she's his mom so it's like hey you know you know bathe yourself right you know scrub all body parts this and that but it's like you know she you know she'll help him out of the tub or if he took a quick shower and she'll dry him off and then he gets changed and you know she might comb his hair and say oh what a handsome boy which he will love and he will smile and he will accept that from his mom because that's his mom, right? Oh, my mom said something really nice about me. I feel she loves me and she she told me I'm handsome. But if it was me and I was doing that with him and it's just like, you know, like I like to, not that I'm taking it a step further, but like, you know, I'll put on a tiny bit of deodorant for him. You know, I'll comb his hair different, you know, like let him smell a little bit of dad's aftershave, you know, and put just, the t- you know, and so like, he then takes that as like, I feel like a man now. Like, yeah, like this is my bro I'm with right now. And so there's, there's me and Elise both doing what we feel as parents, we should do to him or them, you know, cause I'm just using him as an example, but it's just like, he's going to take it one way from his mom and he's going to take it a different way from his dad, but both are edifying and both build up two different things that are crucial in his development and their development as, as a child growing up, you know, it's like Leia can, Leah can do the same thing or or Elise can do the same thing with our daughter. She could say something edifying and, and make her feel empowered and wonderful as a girl. But then dad, dad's supposed to be the example of this is what I, I should be expecting down the road from the kind of man I'm going to be in love in love with. And so does my dad respect me? Does he tell me I'm beautiful? Does he tell me I'm smart? All those things. Right. Because both they're both are hungry for it in all of. The like I said, right ways that are crucial for their development and growth. So, it's it's huge, and I'm not gonna say it it it's taxing and it takes a toll on you, but it's important. You know, as as a parent and as a dad, it's like to make sure that these things are are all growing in the right ways and that one's not outgrowing the other. You know, because you don't want a really smart kid that you know is gonna one day tell you how to. <laughs> well, Dad, I read in parenting psychology that what you're doing is boy, what. <laughs> you you ended up you you could read that that article right i did something right boy takes a sip of his coffee he goes i'll fax it to you later dad (laughs) (laughs) yeah you definitely need
1: that not not that you need it per se i turned out okay i had my issues but um, as being a parent i feel like i'm doing a good job because of the way i was brought up i knew things that i didn't want to be but when you have that dynamic of the two parents working together they, they have their own strengths, they have their weaknesses, but they can work together on that. That definitely helps the child out because, like you said, you get to see examples of the, the man that you want to be, or you want to be with, or the, the woman you want to be with, and, and the man you want to be, the woman you want to be, um, as long as those examples are good examples. Yeah. Uh, but like in my case, I was able to take the, the negatives of what I saw and be like, that's not what I want. I want to do it this way. I'm not perfect nobody's perfect. But uh, as long as we can take those mistakes that we do do in parenting, learn from them like you do in life, and uh, make a positive spin on it, I think it works out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this initial uh, episode here of Embracing Fatherhood. Um, If you do have any comments, of course, email in, reach out however you can. And uh, I'm looking forward to starting our our next one here in the future
0: yeah for sure and dude you laid out you laid out such a great um great topic that's i mean when i when you sent me this this uh this pdf file with all these segments i was just like we could talk about all this in a magnificent three or four hour session or i was like or we could do each segment and have them be their own episodes and i feel like people would really take to this subject and and i feel like it it could be perceived well, and I think it'd be therapeutic for us. And it feels like it has been. <laughs> It'll definitely be
1: therapeutic for me because yeah, I just uh, I, I look at it differently as I'm talking about it, and I'm able to kind of look back where where I don't I don't sit at home and just think about, oh you know how how was I uh, being a parent this way or that way, but in it, being able to talk about it with you another another father and stuff, and hopefully people uh, comment and, and reach in, and we can see their examples. Um, Yeah, definitely. Coming from a person who didn't want to be a father, was scared of being a father, and now how I've embraced being a dad, and I feel like I'm doing a good job, and and he's a good kid. He's
0: he's an awesome kid.
1: I definitely. And you're a great dad. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're a great (laughs) dad as well. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh, I definitely enjoy kind of seeing different perspectives of parenting. Um, I'm not here to judge on what they do. Like like you said, you spanked, and and I'm not a big proponent of spanking. Um, Not to say that I haven't swatted Grayson's butt twice. Twice in his life, I did it, uh, but coming from the extreme of where I came from, I know there's a fine line in it being abuse and it being spanking, and there that fine line is easy to go over. Oh, yeah. Um, especially when there's you know substances involved and, and you know un, unset anger from past stuff. I was an angry kid growing up trying to process what happened to me. I didn't want that to come through, so. I tried to stay away from the, the spanking thing, um, but yeah, just seeing every, everybody's examples. Um, I'm not here to judge, like I said. I'm just I just want to I want to reach out. I like learning about other people, so hopefully, yeah. other people will see this and uh, love what this is and yeah, comment sure. and come back.
0: And you guys know, as as always, you guys can reach out through the Facebook account. Um, it has its own page that this is where I'm at. Facebook page. I also have an Instagram account. Um, I've had people comment or send me private messages through there. Um, You can always reach out to myself or to Derek personally. If you guys got our number, I feel like I get, I get a good chunk of uh, friends that message me saying they like what they're hearing with that. Um, And if not the, this is where I'm at podcast at gmail.com all one word, no space. This is where I'm at podcast at gmail.com. You guys can write in, share stories. If you want to remain anonymous, just say so. And we keep you anonymous. And if not, if, uh, if this, if this stuck out to you, if you can relate, if you're curious about it, or if, if you don't like it, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything uh, is everything's taken with a grain of salt and thrown out the window. No, I'm joking. Um, everything is considered. And yeah, if if even you know me saying that I used to spank. If you disagree with that, let me know why. Um, or if you think there should be more. I mean, it's, let's not turn it political. But you know, write on in and share your thoughts. And uh, if you liked it, if you liked any part of this, let us know what you liked. Um, If you're someone who doesn't want to be a parent and, and, you know, you want to share why uh, you can do that as well. We get it. It's a scary world and it's a hard task and it's not for everyone. That's that's It is not. That's the biggest thing, too, is that I feel like it's it. People people aren't told it's not for everyone. And if you run across a situation where you then have to be a parent, I feel like it can lead to a life of a lot of regret and a lot of, you know, resentment. And we don't want that for anybody. Um, yeah, so the this is where I'm at podcast. My name is Alfredo Carranza.
1: I'm Derek Kubel. And until next time, be happy, be safe, and tell someone you love them. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.